Folks, perhaps you've been following along with the developments of the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. Uh, I certainly have. Uh, watching the disaster that continues to unfold down there and uh, knowing some of the disasters we've had right here in our neck of the woods, the Castleton derailment and train explosion that happened about 10 years ago. And we thought maybe that was going to be a starting off point for some of the improvements of the rail system. I am going to dive into where we are now compared to Castleton, but this situation down in Ohio is quite troubling with more information that we find out. And in fact, there was a press conference earlier today uh, giving more updates on that. And one of those individuals that was a part of that uh, and consuming that and going to share with us what they learned is our CBS affiliate, Matt Piper. Matt, I appreciate you taking time this afternoon. How are you today? Good, Tyler. Thank you. Yeah, that news conference just ended about 10 minutes ago in Ohio. So fresh from that news conference, uh, and you're able to join us again. I'm, I'm grateful for that. What, what was the takeaway? What's the update from the governor in Ohio? So really, in the first 10 or 15 minutes, he was uh, essentially trying to give a timeline of what happened. And it seemed to me trying to say, you know, we did the right things based on what we knew, because there has been a lot of pushback. There's been a lot of people saying, you know, was it safe to, you know, burn the chemicals in the trains? Is it safe for the people who live nearby to be back in their homes? So those were some of the things that he was initially saying. And then, you know, he also had his uh, director of the state's Department of Health, some people from uh, natural resources uh, talking about, um, you know, people who have also, you know, been finding their animals dying in, in, in their, in their yards. I mean, we have people who have said that their chickens have died, that their cats have died. So there's a lot of questions about the air and about the soil. So someone from one of the state agencies said that they have so far in the streams and, and tributaries in the area, they found 3,500 dead fish so far. So that's going to, I think, raise a lot of alarm bells. Um, from what they just announced there. And they're also pushing people to drink bottled water because there's still a question of if you have well water, is it safe? It sounds to me like it's not. And the governor also said, listen, if I live in that area, I'd be drinking bottled water right now. The unfortunate thing is that we don't know how long that they're going to have to drink that for. Is it a week? Is it a month? Is it a year? They just don't know. They're still doing a lot of tests. That's very concerning, and it's interesting, Matt. I've had this conversation with our listeners uh, the last couple of days, and I've been waiting to really dive into this. I think the way we consume news has changed so much because everyone's got a phone and everyone's got a camera, and uh, some of the stories that we're hearing from people on the ground. You, you bring up the chickens. I saw that online uh, just the other day, and, of course, you kind of question, well, is it true? Because not everything of what you see online is. Sounds like there's some uh, a lot of truth going around to some of the real concerns from people that call that that area home. Yeah, I, I'm curious, and for those that might not know uh, or haven't followed as closely on this, whose decision was it to light the the chemicals and the hazardous material on fire? So that was the decision of the railway, and the railway, you know, posed it to Ohio Governor Mike DeWine, saying, "Listen." This is what we want to do. This is what we're going to do. Is that okay with you? And, and he said, um, yes. So it was it was the decision of, of the train operators as well as some of the local leaders who were testing the air and figuring out that, you know, of the 50 train cars or so, there were five that had hazardous materials. So this is what we need to do in a situation like this. This is what we're going to do. You know, instead of a, a big blow up that could have affected a, a mile radius of, of people really getting hit with shrapnel and things, they claimed that this was the next best thing to do was to get rid of these these chemicals and, and essentially, you know, put them into the air. They, essentially, it was a it was a 
it was a seesaw effect. It was either, okay, this could blow up at any minute and really, really affect people, or we're going to kind of blow this up ourselves in a safe way. But the, the, the thing with that is that the chemicals will then just be released into the air. And, and let's hope that, you know, in a week or in a month, everything's back to normal. That seems like a fingers crossed approach that if I'm a resident of that area, uh, that's not good enough. And I'm sure that uh, the governor's office is feeling some of that heat of, well, yeah, I mean, you kind of gave this the green light and now we're finding out more of what was included in there as far as some of those hazardous materials. Now my chickens are dead. You know, that that uncertainty, I get it. It's You're in a rock and a hard place. I bet you there's some heat feel being felt in that governor's office, though. There certainly is. I mean, yeah. people, you know, did kind of ask some um, politically charged questions. You know, we, we, we've we've heard, you know, that, that Joe Biden should have done more. Are you happy with the response from the federal government, et cetera, et cetera? Governor DeWine got questions um, like that. And then he also, you know, got questions of, of of things that have been seen in the media, you know, uh, like like you and I mentioned of, of the dead chickens and things. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the, the vinyl chloride that was released from these five cars is associated with an increased risk of, of certain cancers. So, you know, people have been complaining, I have a headache. I've been back at my house for a couple of days. I don't feel well. I don't feel right. So, you know, who knows what could happen in five years down the line, you know, if people are still living there. And, and if they did decide, let's say, to move and sell their home, you know, realistically, are they going to be able to sell their home? Is someone going to want to move to where this just happened? I mean, who knows? You know, they're kind of they're really kind of put into a corner here, the people who live there. But the governor did say, look, the train company has said that they're going to stay here till the very end. They're going to do what they can. You know, I'm picturing people, you know, probably lawyering up and, and maybe, you know, I'm, I'm sure that you're going to find that there's going to be lawsuits against this train company that try and help people move and maybe get out of the area. That's what my mind went to right now as well as pretend, uh, pending lawsuits uh, of of whether it's the loss in finances, because as you say, who's going to want to move there if it's deemed that, hey, there's a, a risk to your health here. And then that being said, the the people that call it home right now, there's a, a potential risk to your health. And, you know, watching, and this is Norfolk Southern, if I if I have it correct, and I'm not going to pull you into this. I'm a commentator. You're a journalist, so I, I won't ask your opinion on this. But uh, watching as some of the, the changes that they've made over the years and what some of the workers were asking for, uh, it's got to be a part of this equation as well. And I'm using that to build up to it. Was there a revelation as to what caused the derailment? Because I've heard uh, earlier on that there was a bearing that was compromised. Then I heard that there were some faulty brakes. Was that dove into at all during this press conference? So in the beginning, Governor DeWine said just essentially what he has been, what, what people have reported to him, what people from the train company and some, you know, NTSB investigators have been saying. So they say it was from a mechanical issue with a rail car axle. So that's what caused this, this huge derailment, you know, more than a week ago. So, you know, apparently they're still investigating uh, the, the soil in that area is, is maybe, not so great between the chemicals there. And also, you know, can it withstand more train cars going along? Um, one thing that the governor said was, you know, this was considered a non-hazardous train. And he was very upset at that because essentially the math of it was, it was only five cars of the 50 cars. So because of the fact that 45 of them did not have hazardous material, it was not considered a hazardous train where he's saying, listen, Congress has to get involved. Federal investigators have to get involved 
and really look into the naming of a train like that for the future because this should have been a hazardous train car coming through. And when what that means is, you know, different officials would realize that something, quote unquote, dangerous was coming through their backyard and to be aware as a just in case. This obviously went through several states, but essentially because not all the train cars had bad things in them, it wasn't labeled a hazardous train if that makes sense oh it makes well it doesn't as far as regulation but i understand what what they're saying and what saying well yeah. it, it was only five out of you know 50 well you know it only takes one in my perspective because uh man i'm not sure if you followed along but you know up here we we when the bakken oil play was quite new in north dakota we didn't have as much of a pipeline capacity so we were moving that crude oil by rail and we had a derailment 20 miles west of fargo where i'm sitting right now and thankfully, that wasn't in city limits of a small town or anywhere else. It blew up. I mean, it was quite the story up here. And the, we've had a back and forth of whether or not that should be deemed hazardous because of its explosive material. Now here we are 10 years later, and we're still fighting that same fight. And it's baffling to me, Matt. Yeah, and the train cars, you know, continue to move through. I mean, I'm, my first job, I used to live in Indiana, and there were just trains at all hours of the day and night. And you don't know what they're, what they're, you know, what is contained in those train cars, but there's obviously, as, as everyone there knows, there's a huge part of this country where trains are constantly moving in and out of, and you know, who knows what's in your backyard. Yeah, exactly. Well, and hopefully Congress acts to make sure that we do have a little bit better of an understanding, which I'll get into here after I let you go. Uh, Matt, what I miss uh, again, I'm grateful that you were able to join us here quickly after the, uh, the press conference, but I'll give you the final word before I let you go. Yeah, essentially, I mean, look, the, the governor and, and the local officials there in Ohio say that they are continuing to monitor the air um, for government agencies, for the railroad, and they so far, neither of them have detected dangerous levels in the area. But then they also say, but you should still be drinking uh, bottled water because it's still not safe to do something out of your sink. So there's about 400 homes in that area that they have been continuing to test. Uh, they did put out a phone number for people in that area to call if they have any questions or need a team out there to test water levels or if there is a dead animal that they want to get tested. They claim, call this number, we'll come out to you. Um, you know, we're only less than two weeks out from this, and there's obviously still a lot of questions and a lot of finger pointing. And, you know, hopefully there will be answers sometime. We just don't know when. All right. Matt, I appreciate it. You take care until we chat again soon, all right? All right, thank you. Thank you, Matt Piper. He is with CBS, one of our national affiliates there, taking in that press conference. He threw a lot out there that we need to follow up on, Congress, for example, uh, and the fact that it was deemed a non-hazardous trade. That doesn't happen just by accident. There was lobbying that was done to make sure that we didn't have to have those labels put on because you know what comes with those labels? Additional regulation and additional inspections and better equipment like brakes that work that stop a train sooner rather than when it's on its side. All this comes down because, you know what, they're a pretty powerful lobby when it comes to the rail industry, even against the workers who are on that same rail line that are asking for better, more safe work environments. This didn't happen overnight. It's been a long lobby. They've been quite successful at it. And don't you remember just not long ago that we're looking down the possibility of having a strike from those same workers? Let's bring this all back together, but I got to get you this weather update from Two Tall Tom. 
There's a blizzard warning in effect starting later on this evening. He's got to tell you all those details, and we'll come back to this conversation. I'm Tyler Axis. You are listening to KFGO Fargo. Oh.